This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Elizabeth Preston, episode 174, Why Abortions Matter. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for barrier-breaking women who are ready to shed their good girl layers so they can own their power and live deeply fulfilling lives instead. I'm your host, Lindsay Elizabeth. I'm a leadership coach to women all over the world. And I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me and my guests as we challenge you to shed society's bullshit systems and beliefs to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you were meant to be. As you listen, trust your intuition to take what you love and leave the rest. The thoughts and perspectives I share on the show are my own with the lens of my lived experience as a privileged, white, cis, straight, able-bodied woman. And while that informs my experience and perspectives, I wholeheartedly believe living a deeply fulfilling life is possible to every woman. If I ever say anything harmful, I'm open to doing better and hearing your feedback. My goal is for you to leave this show feeling empowered, inspired, and ready to share this show with every woman you know so they too can create a life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. Hi there, beautiful soul. Welcome as always to the podcast. Today we are talking about abortions. It's been a hot topic here in the States with Roe v. Wade being overturned. And when that happened, I had a lot of feelings about it, as I'm sure you may have too. And I thought, okay, I'm going all in. I'm talking about abortions directly on the show. I've talked about it indirectly in other episodes. You listen closely to the show, you know that I had an abortion when I was 20, and it's brought up a lot for me with Roe v. Wade being overturned, and I've really sat and thought about that 20-year-old who made that decision, and I've had to do a lot of healing around my abortion, not necessarily the actual act of getting an abortion, but the judgment of others for making that choice. And I'm just like ripping off the band-aid. It's like, all right, here we go. I'm talking about this directly. And I wanted to have someone come on the show who like, this is her forte. And I came across Amanda Kingsley. She's a certified feminist life coach and doula. She is the host of the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast and the author of What I Wish, 100 Love Notes to Help You Survive, Come Alive, and Thrive After Abortion. After her own unanticipated abortion as a mother of three, she recognized a need for a wider conversation around the complex emotional landscape of life after abortion. She reminds her audience that it's okay to feel all the feelings after abortion and that we can honor our decisions by living the life we made our choice for. So in this interview, Amanda and I talk about you know, why abortions matter, why having access to them is important for women and all people 
in the States and in the world. We talk a little bit about our own abortions and why we made that choice. You know, it's very different. I wasn't feeling ready to be a mother. Amanda was already a mother of three and she felt complete with her family. And we talk about what we went through by having abortions and what it brought up for us. And so today, you know, my goal of sharing this is multifaceted. The first is, you know, just bringing light and talking about this. So, so many people, especially if they don't have coaches or therapists or anybody to hold space for them, they're feeling these feelings of Roe v. Wade being overturned and maybe other things that have come up for them about this. And they don't have anybody to talk to about it or to understand what they're feeling. So my hope is today as we talk about how we've processed this and, and things, you'll be like, oh yeah, okay, now I know what it is that I'm feeling. And you can start to process that on your own. I also just really want to make it clear why abortions matter. I know there are some people in my audience who probably are more moderate and maybe a little bit conservative and um, maybe their eyes are being opened to, okay, you know, maybe I need to look at abortions differently. I'm not here to convince you of anything. I always say you do you, you know, take what you love, leave the rest kind of stuff. But I am very passionate about women having access to abortions. Um, and that doesn't mean I'm crazy about abortions till the very end, but I do have a deep, deep trust in women to make the right decisions for them. And it is healthcare at the end of the day for so many women too. You know, so many wanted pregnancies end in abortion because of things, you know, that are health related. And it's just disgusting, frankly, to see so many laws coming out that aren't even honoring the life of a mother. So yeah, I just, I hope you're open-minded when you come to this conversation. I hope it's healing for you. The other reason I wanted to bring Amanda on is just to show, you know, maybe if you had an abortion or know somebody who has, that you lean into doing healing work around that, be it with me, Amanda, somebody else, because it is something that needs to be addressed and it's likely impacting you more than you realize. You know, I thought I had done my own healing work around it and I did, but again, with all the stuff that's come up, there's been a new layer for me to heal and that. So yeah, I hope you take so many things away from this episode. Amanda is such a beautiful soul. She's so great for the nervous system. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Here it is. Hello, Miss Amanda. So excited to have you. Oh, so glad to be here. Yeah. So glad to be here. Yeah. So in the intro, I was talking about how after Roe v. Wade was overturned, I was like, okay, we have to talk about abortion on the podcast. Yes, we do. Many of the listeners know that I had an abortion when I was 20. So um, it's something that I'm very passionate about. And I know you are too. Because once I found you, I listened to (laughs) all your things and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have her on the show. So here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Okay. So where I want to start first is from your perspective, why is access to abortion so important? Oh man. (laughs) I mean, all the things. Like I can't think of a reason access to abortion is not important. So... Um, okay. If I were speaking to a brand new listener, first of all, I just want to say thank you for having me. I do think particularly after this overturn abortion is on many of our minds in a really new way and is changing all the time. Um, but 
even yesterday, there are some new law changes in Georgia that apply to your question, right? Like access to abortion is how we take care of ourselves, is how we take care of our families, is how we take care of humanity and like our future. Bringing children into the world, into homes that are not ready to care for children to me is cruel. It is inhumane. And when I say homes that are not ready, I mean homes that are like not safe, homes that don't have adequate resources, and also homes like mine that just didn't want another baby. And I don't know your particular story at 20, but the way we take care of each other and ourselves is to be able to raise families in safe ways, in sustainable ways, by choice when we decide to, not when biology happens. I think we are sexual beings who are going to get pregnant no matter what, by choice or not by choice. And we need to be able to under, like, fully understand the consequences of what it means to be a human who can get pregnant and be able to choose not to stay pregnant when we want that choice. Yeah, of course, I agree with everything you say. <laughs> it's like, it's such a weird question. Why is access to abortion? To me, that's mm -hmm. like asking, like, uh, why is it important to have clean water? <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. like, how do I answer this question? Like, we need it to survive. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I guess those on the other side see it totally differently, right? Yeah, they really do. And I actually just had a conversation with a woman who was raised in uh, the Mormon church and is still sort of teetering on her beliefs around that particular religion. And she brought up the very obvious question for people of particular like for a lot of people, whether you have a strong faith background or not, which is a pregnancy is God's will right? Like that's like a really easy thing for us to question. And I was not, I don't know your upbringing, but I was not raised religious. My parents were raised Catholic, but it wasn't like a part of my upbringing. Even I had that question. I was like, well, is this like supposed to happen? Am I like going against the will of the universe to not have this baby? And I was having this conversation with her and I, I just said to her, like, have you ever had a family member with like cancer or diabetes or like who had a car accident was that god's will did you intervene did you take medication did you go to the er where are we going to take this god's will conversation if it's god's will for me to get cancer and die do i just die if it's god's will for me to get pregnant and be able to carry a baby do i just carry the baby it's a it's a very strange argument to me we are constantly intervening with God's will, whatever that means all the time. Maybe yeah. I'm drinking this coffee and it was God's will for me to not drink coffee, not grown in my local area. It's just such a strange thing. It's, it's a very nuanced conversation, but people on the other side have it in this way that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I, lo I love how you brought that up. It's like, there is God's will and then there's also free will, right? And it's always a mix of two. And my argument used to be, if it's always just God's will in regards to pregnancy, then we need to take away IVF off the table, right? And so <laughs> I was always like, oh, if we're going to have that, then we need to have access to abortion. 
Um, and some would argue, I think, you know, well, one is giving life, one is quote unquote taking life. But, yeah. you know, the big thing now is, well, when does life start? You know, it goes back to like an oak tree. Is it an acorn? And then it's a tree <laughs> once it's in the ground, because yeah. that's what we would be saying here with an egg yeah. and a sperm. Once it meets, then it's a baby. Yeah. And that's, it does get tricky, right? But I think too, you know, you might agree with this, Amanda, really to me, abortion access is, or I should say abortion limitations feels like just this huge control of women mm -hmm. and their bodies. Yeah. And this role that we put on women of like, you should want to be a mother. And this is your primary focus in life. Yeah. And while that's a beautiful thing, I'm a mother, you're a mother, you know, we have to do it at times when we're right in life. So when I had an abortion at 20, you know, I, I was like, I want to be a mom one day, but I don't want to do it right now. And I don't want to do it with this guy. And yeah. some would say, well, why didn't you just do adoption? Well, he wanted the baby. And what would I have done? Turned off my rights and to this guy who was really just kind of a summer fling who yeah. did not need to be having a baby. So it's so much more complex. It's so much more complex. Yeah. Yeah. So Amanda, where I want to go with that too is, can you just tell us a bit about your abortion story? Yes, a hundred percent. But can I say something quick first? Yeah, of course. <laughs> because I think it's related. The one last thing I wanted to just not talk about necessarily, but introduce to listeners is what does God's will even mean? I've never said God so much in an interview ever. So it's really <laughs> funny, but what does that even mean? And who interpreted God's will? We know that's a lot of white men, which comes back to your comment about controlling women and their bodies. If we're going to get really curious, like let's get really curious about the messaging you've heard, the stories you've heard about what God says. The only way you know God's will is if you get deeply in tune with yourself. This is my opinion, my personal opinion. <laughs> and listen to the God inside you, right? Like whatever connection you have to whatever spirit is out there. And if I do that, God help me make an abortion decision. A hundred percent, I believe, so that I could do this work, which introduces, you know, I'll carry on to your question, which is my story. But I think we have to question, like, where's the motive? How far back did the motive start for all of this? And that is super relevant to controlling women and their bodies. Yeah. So we, can we just talk on that, Amanda? Yeah. I know the we... history of it. Do you? I'm assuming you do. <laughs> I know so much history, yeah. but maybe not in the angle that you do. Yeah, please. Well, please what share. I know, and you'll probably be able to fill in the gaps, is it really wasn't a big deal until what, like the 50s or the 60s? And there was, from what I've heard, there was a case around like Brown. Am I getting this? Are you following me on this? I never remember names or cases or dates okay. or presidents or anything. And you can keep going, but I will say to your listeners, go watch Reversing Row yes, on, on Netflix. Netflix. It'll tell the whole story. <laughs> It'll tell, there's, yeah. there's a million places you can learn tons and tons of information about when abortion and religion got intermixed, but that's a great summary. Yeah. So basically, yeah, it started in like the 50s, 60s. It was stemmed from this movement of segregating the schools and the 
evangelical Christians didn't want to segregate the schools, but they had to get their population motivated to go out and vote. Well, they're not going to say, well, it's because we're racist. They're going to say, hmm, let's pin abortion as we're killing babies. And all of a sudden, people who used to be pro-abortion, like Reagan, who passed one of the most open abortion policies in California, suddenly turned and the Republican Party got their hands on it. And we're like, okay, we're going to all be against abortion. So before that, there really wasn't any care or concern for that. It was really motivating their population. According to the Netflix documentary, Reversing Roe was like race segregation. Yeah, it's really like the propaganda that we don't realize was propaganda is so powerful. And I think sometimes for those of us, like you and I both live in the United States, it's kind of like our culture and how we were raised. And we we can't always tell what was created and what's like, we don't know the origin of everything. That documentary is great. And then another one is the one child policy in China The reason I'm saying this is I think as someone who lives in the United States, watching the one child policy propaganda in another country and their rules and like something that's outside of me, it becomes so clear how we as humans are manipulated for someone else's agenda. And that is exactly what happened in this country. But because we're in it, because we're like swimming in it, it's a little harder to see. So anyway, that's another great documentary to just like understand that our best interest is not always at the center of the beliefs that we've taken on. Yeah. And I love how you bring up China too, because especially here in the U.S., it's felt really heavy and hard for a lot of women with all of these changes. And realizing sometimes it's like, oh, there's this bigger world out there. We're all kind of going through it in different ways, which is beautiful and sad at the same time. But it's like, okay, like this is just a time, hopefully for the divine feminine, I call it, or the women to really rise into this, which is beautiful and also hard at the same time is like, haven't we risen enough? (laughs) Haven't we worked hard (laughs) enough? Why do we have to keep fighting for this stuff? So, okay, going back, Amanda, I would love for you to share your abortion story. Yeah, well, I think my abortion story was part of my personal rise, right? And because I had this personal rise, um, I've been able to invite others into a more collective rise around abortion. So I, um, like you said, am a mother. I have three children. One is newly graduated from high school. So my kids now are eight, 15 and 18 soon next month. And my abortion was five years ago. So I was 38 with three kids. I was done. I had an IUD in place. It was my second IUD. I had one like between the pregnancies. It was my first unplanned pregnancy. So I was in my late thirties with my first unplanned pregnancy. All my kids were planned. I had a miscarriage. That was a planned pregnancy and my IUD fell out. I didn't know that it fell out and it led us on this roller coaster of a ride that we're still on. It was not a choice I ever thought I would make. I've always been a feminist. I've always been pro-choice. I've always been like kind of all the categories that made sense to choose abortion. 
But actually choosing abortion for me was a very complicated, much harder decision than I thought it would be. I thought, you know, I kind of just figured, well, if I'm pro-choice, then I will choose and it won't be that difficult. (laughs) But here I was as a mom with three kids who loves babies, loves pregnancy, loves birth. I was an active doula. Like I just am very much all about all things birth, pregnancy, babies, mothering. And I really did not want another kid. I was stepping into building me as a human, as a woman, as a person who had more to give to the world than mothering. Mothering is an amazing thing to give to the world for those of us who want to do it, but I was ready for more. And this was not a pregnancy I was prepared to keep. So My story is splattered all over the internet in many, many ways, but um, we did both agree that abortion was the right choice, but I had to learn to have my own back around that decision. I had to learn to process. I didn't have shame for having an abortion, but I had shame for like getting pregnant in the first place, which is so stupid. (laughs) Like I was embarrassed or like, ashamed of my body because it didn't work. It didn't know. I didn't know the IUD fell out. Like there's so many just layers of messiness that I had to dig through. I I went through a lot of relationship stuff. It, our abortion did make us stronger as a couple and has consistently done that. But I was resent, like it, it's just doesn't feel fair. (laughs) It's like, why do I have to, like, I've already birthed three babies. Like, why do I have to be the one making this choice and suffering? So I, I guess all that to say, I just worked through a lot of messiness when I chose abortion and had, and I felt like I worked through it alone. Like I was so engrossed in the birth world and no one had resources for me. No one had like, oh, read this book, go to this website, talk to this person. There were some free like tech support lines or like talk to a random person. And they're beautiful, lovely, random people on the other end. But like, I didn't want to call a stranger and talk on the phone for, you know, like I wanted like hardcore resources. Like how do I manage all these feelings? And they didn't exist at least in my finding. And so it launched me into this work that I do now, which is standing in that gigantic space between pro-life and pro-choice, anti-abortion, pro-abortion, and going, You, I think you used the word nuanced earlier. Like it's so much more nuanced. It's so much more complex. Like we are allowed to feel guilt, shame, even regret and still advocate for access to abortion because it's a vital part of healthcare. And I don't think that's a conversation enough people are having is like, you're humans feeling sad after abortion, feeling shame after abortion is, are not things that should be weaponized against us or against access. There are opportunities for us to grow for us to become stronger, better, more powerful, and in many cases, service-oriented people in the world. I just think abortions are an incredible opportunity. They're so raw and so vulnerable for so many of us. They're just like 
fertile ground for becoming like really freaking awesome human beings in the world. Because when we can work through some of that complexity, we can do anything. We can go after our dream jobs. We can start our dream families. We can move to our dream houses. We can just be present in our lives and alive and whatever it is. But I've learned to really love abortion in a light that I never anticipated (laughs) in six years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so much to just take in and soak in there of, I love how our journeys are different. So different. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was, I felt too young. Yeah. Done. And I think my biggest takeaway from hearing that is just soaking in, you know, I think it gets Oh, what would it be like weaponized or demonized in the media? Sometimes that women are out like celebrating these abortions or using it as birth control or, you know, they're just casual and they're just like not taking things seriously. And that's just so not the case. In many cases, it is a really hard decision. It does come up for a lot of women who are done having children and you know, it's, it's not something that we're sitting around like, yeah, I can't wait to go get an abortion today. It's something that weighs really heavily on our hearts and on our minds and brings up a lot of growth for us to do, including, like you said, sadness and shame and all of that. And so while I wouldn't wish it on anybody, it is a beautiful opportunity to grow. Yeah. 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 yeah a lot of my clients are sort of where you I I love my work because I have clients who had abortions at teenage as teenagers and I have clients who are in their like 60s and 70s and are processing like abortions that happened decades ago. And you know, when I a lot of people would say to me when I started this work early it probably doesn't happen anymore because I understand it better like well, you know, it was easier for me because I didn't have kids. Oh, it's easier for me because I already had kids. There's just so much complexity no matter when you choose abortion. There's so much complexity, whether you were assaulted and chose abortion, or I, I have clients who planned pregnancies, right? And then terminated healthy pregnancies, not just termination for medical reason. Like there are so many good reasons that people have abortions. And whatever you need to do to take care of your mental, physical, spiritual, emotional health, that's a good reason. It doesn't matter if you're 20 and with a guy who's not your dream partner, or if you're 38 and you're with a guy who is your dream partner. There's a million reasons to have an abortion and they're all good reasons because it's how we take care of ourselves and each other. Yeah. And just like soaking that in as women, we're so conditioned to take care of everybody else and not ourselves. Yeah. And so it brings up a lot of like selfishness, I'm bad, I'm wrong, and other people, typically white men, of literally pushing that on us too, of like, we are so bad. And the reality is, is like, it's it's a neutral decision at the end of the day, if you unpack some of the God programming and really seeing that this was something that was turned against us. But if you really do the spiritual work like I have, because I had a lot of mixed feelings with my abortion. I knew immediately when I got pregnant, I was like, I am not doing this. I live in the South. I knew there was going to be a lot of judgment and shame and I wasn't going to get family support. And so I just 
did what I had to do. But then afterwards, years later, when I'm unpacking it, my own coaching journey, it was like, did I make the right choice? Am I a bad person? Did I kill a baby? Did I do all of those things? And so I went on this, you know, spiritual journey in that. And my own discovery, it's just like, to a soul, it's just a, a body. And many times they're not fully embodied until, you know, they take that first breath. And that's even what some religions believe. And so, you know, really what I had to unpack wasn't the actual abortion. It was people's judgments of the yeah. abortion. Yeah. And realizing in that journey is like, I just, they don't understand. They haven't walked in my shoes and to give them grace and love and, you know, find forgiveness with them and find forgiveness with myself. Yeah. You brought up something interesting, which is I'm very much of a belief system that we can choose to believe anything we want to believe right? Like there are religions that believe that the soul doesn't enter the body till birth. And that is very comforting for some people. There are people that believe the soul picks the body before it enters the womb. And that is very comforting for some people. There are people who believe that the pregnancy tissue is just fetal cells. And then there are some people who believe like that's a baby already. There's no one answer. We get to believe whatever we want to believe. In my story, I do believe that that was a soul that picked me for this journey very specifically. I believe that soul picked me even at seven weeks, not at birth, so we could do this work together. I think she is this work. I'm just making that up. It's like, you don't have to believe that. Someone listening doesn't have to believe that. But look what it's created for me to find a belief that works for me. And anyone can find a belief that works for them. The problem is when I start convincing you that, no, your baby did have a soul early or right. And that's where we're seeing the influence of religion and access and like all that nonsense. It's like we don't get to pick what we believe and then force someone else to believe it. That's not okay. We all get to pick what we believe and take action that feels good, that creates what we think is best for the world and for ourselves. So I just say that to say like, Listeners, you get to pick whatever you want to pick. You use the word neutral at some point earlier. Abortion is neutral. Pregnancy is neutral. It's what we believe about it that creates our reality. And you get to believe anything you want. Yes. So good, Amanda. So true. Okay. So where I'd like to go next is, you know, we both talked about our healing journeys with abortion. If someone is listening today, they've had an abortion and they're realizing probably with this Roe v. Wade stuff that's come up too is like, whoo, this is really loud for me. Because even with me, you know, I did my healing work, but when that happened, like I had a whole new layer to heal. And luckily I have the tools and process to do that. I even told my husband, it was like a week later, I was like, I need a weekend alone. And I cried and I raged and Mm -hmm. I did all the things I needed to do. So again, someone's listening to this. They're like, I need some healing. Where would you guide them? to start. Yeah. I would guide them to two places. One. So I have a podcast. It's called speaking light into abortion. If you go way back, cause I now have like 151 episodes. If you go way back, there's a series. I think it's episode 
25. <laughs> Don't quote me. <laughs> you can link if you want, but just go back somewhere around there. There's a series called Honor Your Abortion. I think it you can find it when you pop up on my website or just send me a message. I'll make sure you have it. It's called Honor Your Abortion. And it's a four-part series to do that healing work, to feel the feels, to understand the decisions you made. Because for many people, it's multiple abortions. Understand the decisions you made, recognize and be with your desire, your want, who you are, all of the things, and then start growing forward. So it's called Honor Your Abortion. It's a four-part series. The follow-up episode afterwards, super powerful too. So I'd say start there. Or if you feel it, like you've done like some of that healing work and a way for you to process now is to like take action and do, do something and like tell your story or like turn your abortion into something. There's another series much more recent called taking action for abortion rights. And that's a way to like do your own healing work and turn it into something to help with this particularly current post-row environment that we're in. So I don't know. I have a book. I have a podcast. Like there's a million. Tell us about your book. My book is called What I Wish. It's a hundred love notes um, to help you survive, come alive and thrive after abortion. It's essentially a hundred poems. You can open it up to any page and your life will change. My dad read it right after I published it. And he was like, it's a zipper book. And I was like, what's that? (laughs) He said, you can insert anything for the word abortion. And this applies to just life and being Mm. human. So it's a great resource for all of life, but particularly for anyone who is healing after abortions, that's available in all the places like Amazon and you know, go to my website, find the links, ask your libraries and bookstores to carry it. I have put out a massive body of work around post-abortion emotional well-being and just tools and resources to thrive. So beautiful. There, we'll link all those in the show notes too. Yeah. So it's easy yeah. to find. Yeah. Good. Cause my next question is going to be, how can we find you? Well, there you <laughs> so go. I got that. But, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So walk us through how clients work with you though. My 12 week program is called birthing a new you. And that's because I think that we don't birth babies when we choose abortion, but we birth something. We birth like the, the, a new identity, a new version of ourselves, a new power, a new strength, a new, and sometimes it doesn't feel like those things at the beginning. So we take everything that you have experienced and we really just dive into getting a better sense of who you are and how you want to show up in the world. It feels like a bit of a birthing process because, you know, it's just like, who am I? And who do I want to be? And how do I get there? Abortion is just a door. Coaching is an amazing tool. And no matter what you get coached on, your whole life changes. I just think abortion is so deep and raw and powerful that your life really changes when you get post-abortion coaching. Um, So yeah, that's a 12-week program. That's a great place for people to start. Awesome. And we'll link your website in the show notes too, so they can go find you. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda, for talking about this. I know you talk about it all the time, but I I know for a lot of people, it's an uncomfortable subject and you do it so well. Thank you. And you own it. 
And I've even like when I web stalked you, you know, seeing some of the feedback that you get is not always positive. <laughs> oh, there's right. like entire pro-life articles written about me. It's really funny. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's brave for you to go out and do this in the world. And I think where I'd love to end this is just going back to, you know, we're all allowed to believe what we want to believe, like you said. Mm-hmm. And at what point do we draw the line of I'm going to instill my beliefs on somebody else? Yeah. And so it is, it's tricky. It's gray. It's uncomfortable. You know, it's still even uncomfortable for me to even process my own abortion of like, yeah, I did this thing, but do it like, how do I still really feel about it? (laughs) You know, and and consistently doing that work. And so, yeah, I hope everyone can just walk away from this and say, okay, what is it that I believe? And I will honor that, but allowing other people to believe what they want to believe as well. Yeah. I do this every day and I learn something new from my experience on the regular. I think if we've, if we have abortions in our past, we can use them as incredible tools for growth functioning as humans. Totally. I constantly refer back to the lessons I learned from my abortion and they, they just like ground me and remind me who I am and bring me forward. It's good stuff. So good. So good. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning into the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast. If you haven't left a review for the show yet, what are you waiting for? Your reviews give us the feedback and momentum we need to continue to produce this incredible free content for you. Plus, when you leave a review for the show, you get a copy of my book for free. Simply take a picture of your review and submit it to Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash one zero zero and you'll receive a digital copy of my wisdom from the first hundred episodes book this book is a study guide for life enjoy and of course share this show with your friends i believe every woman can create a deeply fulfilling life that lights them the fuck up from the inside the more you help others succeed the more you help yourself so share share, share this show. And I'll see you soon and your friends back on the show next week for another eye-opening episode. Until then, keep rocking it.